and welcome to episode two of the Oakland A's UK podcast. I'm your host, Matt Smith, and I'm recording this on Sunday, the 16th of February, 2020, ahead of publication on Monday, the 17th. I'm flying solo again today, just because I was too busy, stroke lazy to sort something out. But I know both Hannah and Dom, my fellow A's UK crew, are very keen to get involved with the podcast too. So hopefully one or both will be on next week. Anyway, I was woke up this morning at three o'clock by Storm Dennis, as it is being called. Not a fan of Storm Dennis. No damage done, thankfully, but did did mean I lost a bit of sleep. So that's worse enough. But hopefully the weather is OK where you are. I'm British, so I like to talk about the weather. And the main news, of course, is that the A's, pitchers and catchers reported to camp last Wednesday. So we've got plenty of A's news to catch up on. So the A's, pitchers and catchers reported to camp on Wednesday. And we did a little live stream on the A's UK YouTube covering the initial news. The beat writers have all been posting lots of fun clips of A's pitchers getting their work in. In particular, quite a few of AJ Puck. Alex Coffey of The Athletic did a really nice article about Puck and comparisons with the Hall of Famer Randy Johnson, including the fact that Bob Melvin set up a meeting with Puck, um, Sean Maniah and Randy Johnson a while back to share thoughts on being a left-handed pitcher in the majors. So great person to learn from. And I'm really excited to see what AJ Puck is going to do this season. And yeah, that was a great article by Alex Coffee. So if you're not already a subscriber to The Athletic, then do consider it. No commission here for that. Genuine recommendation. There's not been a lot of news, to be honest, but that's always a good thing this time of year. No news is definitely good news because some news normally means injuries. The one injury we do have and we do know about is with Daniel Mengden. Mengden is scheduled to be out for approximately 8 to 10 weeks following some minor right elbow surgery and as a result has been moved to the 60-day injured list. Now, in some ways, that is certainly not a good thing, but it's handy in some ways for the A's front office because Mengden is out of minor league options, so they were going to have to make a decision either he was going to be on the active roster or they faced losing him. So this at least kind of gives them a bit of breathing space in that respect. Now, they took him off the 40-man roster by putting him on the injured list, and that meant we had a space to be filled, and we've already filled it. We filled it in the form of a unique trade, in fact, because the A's and San Francisco Giants completed a major league trade for the first time since December 1990. To be honest, that's where the excitement ends, because I'd never heard of a bloke we've signed. He's called Birch Smith, and he's a right-handed pitcher. And in the delightful way that MLB likes to do it, they said we acquired him for cash considerations. I've no idea why they call it that. Cash considerations, it's basically money, right? Money. Yeah, it's money. And I doubt it was for too much in the way of money, but no disrespect to Birch Smith. He's a 29-year-old. He's what we call in Norfolk a big old boy. As he's six foot four, um, pitched a bit for Milwaukee and San Francisco last season. And to be fair to myself, even Bob Melvin admitted yesterday, didn't know too much about him. But apparently the pitching coach, M.O., 
has described him as a high spin rate guy. So that's good. Maybe you should work for Hotpoint or something. So welcome to the A's, Birch Smith. The other main news so far has been the early arrival to camp of Tony Kemp. He arrived at A's camp on Friday and, as you would expect, immediately faced various questions about his time with the Houston Astros. He made the point that the system was already in place when he was called up as a rookie in 2017. And he confirmed he wasn't comfortable with it and didn't use it. But you have to be fair to Kemp in that situation as a rookie, as a newcomer. There wasn't a lot he could do in terms of calling out teammates or anything like that. So I don't think you can blame him for that. But good on him for admitting that he didn't use it. And I'm sure there will be no repercussions with his teammates. He's come into the team. He obviously knows Mike Fires, and Mike Fires has spoken very well about him, what he's like as a teammate. So I'm sure that won't be an issue at all. And the A's will welcome him into the fold, um, just like any other player. And we'll see how Kemp gets along. He's in the kind of shake-up for the second-base position. And although he's not been particularly effective with the bat in the Major League so far in his career... He is good defensively and certainly has a decent shot at making the opening day roster, you would think. And as we're on the subject, we'll now have our first proper instalment of this new feature, which is called The Tales of Dusty Bin and a Trash Can Gang. Let's see what's happening in Houston After all those years of cheating Ooh, the tales of Dusty Bin and the Trash Can Gang. As you can see, I'm going all in on the Dusty Bin reference. If you don't get it, refer back to the first episode of the podcast. So it's all been kicking off again with the Astros this week. There was the heavily stage managed press conference the other day, which was as kind of you'd expect with the way they've handled everything else, a complete disaster. Dusty Baker did speak well, which was, you know, a bit strange, really, because he was the one who really had nothing to do with it, and he spoke the best out of any of them. There was very small, short speeches by Alex Bregman and Jose Altuve, which were pretty hopeless. And Jim Crane, their owner's comments, were absolutely ridiculous and made him sound like a complete idiot. But there we go. That's the Astros for you. There's been lots of um, comeback from other Major League players all about it. Most notably, the Dodgers' Cody Bellinger, who said that the Astros stole a ring from the Dodgers back in 2017. And also said that Jose Altuve stole an MVP award from Aaron Judge. Now, Carlos Correa shot back in an interview with Ken Rosenthal on NMLB Network. And he did have a lot to say for himself, which Carlos Correa generally does. He said, I quote, The problem I have is when players go out there and they don't know the facts. They're not informed about the situation and they just go out there and go on camera and just talk. Now, you can kind of understand where he's coming from because he was saying things like Altuve was one guy who didn't use the system and wasn't cheating. But at the same time, I don't know why you can have a shot at other people when... The reason we don't know the facts is because it was a secret plan that they hatched to cheat and they spent the last few years denying they were doing anything. So, you know what? No, we don't know the whole situation. And the reason we don't know it is because all of you lot have kept quiet and have basically refused to apologise properly 
and explain what you did. So, you know, it's on you, Carlos. It's on you. Now, Correa did go on to kind of change tack a little bit with that when he said to Ken Rosenthal, what people have to say, that's all they're right because we were wrong and they can say whatever they want. Fair enough, then. Because we were wrong, he repeated that. But when players stand up there and accuse us of stuff that didn't happen in 2019, that doesn't sit well with me. Well, fair enough, Carlos, fair enough. But it's exactly the same as what we had with steroids years ago, whereby if you go down that route and you decide to cheat and you get found out, particularly having spent years lying about the fact that you were cheating, well, you're not going to get the benefit of a doubt anymore. People are going to have suspicions about you and they are going to continue to have those suspicions for the rest of your career. And unfortunately, the Astros are just going to have to live with it. On to Dusty Baker, or Dusty Bin, as I like to call him. He has been speaking about the potential for Astros hitters to be hit by pitches during the season as some sort of retaliation for what the Astros did. And his comment was on depending on the league to try to put a stop to the seemingly premeditated retaliation that I'm hearing about. Um, he said, I'm just hoping the league puts a stop to this before somebody gets hurt. And you, you do have to say it's clear that other players are very frustrated by the fact that the Astros players have not been punished as a result of their participation in this cheating. But you can't condone the practice of deliberately throwing at players. And even if you try and do it in a safe way by going to the thigh or going to the ribs, anything could happen in that situation. So I think the main thing is that umpires are going to be very strict on it. And any sort of potential pitch inside, teams are going to get warned. And in some ways that could work to the Astros' advantage because it could put some pitchers off from throwing too far inside and getting players off the plate. And I'm thinking in particular of Alex Bregman, who really earned a reputation last year of crowding the plate to try and cover the outside corner of the plate. Let's see what's happening in Houston After all those years of cheating Ooh, the tales of Dusty Bin and the Trash Can Gang Other than that, there's not been a lot of news across the majors so far this week. But we can now move on to our regular feature called Bring Your A's Game. Bring your A's Game. With spring training action starting this week, my game for this podcast is my most memorable A's spring training moment. The date was the 26th of March 2006. In January of that year, the A's signed Frank Thomas to a one-year contract. He had been a hero for the Chicago White Sox over 16 MLB seasons. However, despite the team winning a World Series in 2005, his time with the team did not end well. He played in only 34 games during the 2005 season, and he repeatedly clashed with the always combustible manager, Ozzy Guillen. Guillen is the sort of person who could start a fight in an empty health spa resort, so you shouldn't hold that against Thomas. In this context, the A signing Thomas over the offseason was a gamble. We all knew he was a future Hall of Famer, but no one knew quite how he would hold up for the 2006 season. Would he spend more time on the treatment table than in the batting lineup? 
Liais were cautious with a big hurt, letting him come along at his own pace during spring training. They built up his fitness mainly in simulated games so that he didn't have to run the bases, rather than in Cactus League action. But he finally made his Cactus League debut for the A's on the 26th of March. He came against the Colorado Rockies. It was on a Sunday, I'm sure, about an 8 o'clock start in the UK. And I remember logging onto my PC at the time, bringing up MOE.com's game day audio service to listen to the radio commentary, particularly because it was Frank Thomas making his spring training debut. Now, try as I might, I couldn't find a full box score for the game, but I do remember Frank Thomas hitting a solo home run. In my memory, it was his first at-bat, but that may not be true, but I can remember the call over the radio and just being excited, punching my air in a way that you never normally do for spring training games because it was such a big moment. We'd waited so long for Frank Thomas to finally get into spring training action, and there he was, hitting one out of the park right away. Now, Thomas would go on to have a 190 batting average in April. He really struggled that month, and that continued with doubts as to quite what the A's would get from him that season. But boy, oh boy, did he put those doubts to rest. He put together an incredible season that included 39 regular season home runs, and he ended up coming fourth in the American League MVP award stakes. And of course, his most memorable performance came in Game 1 of the 2006 American League Division Series against the Minnesota Twins, where he hit two home runs. The A's would sweep the Twins in that series 3 to nothing, before then going on to be swept by the Detroit Tigers in the Championship Series. Of course, the A's have not won a playoff series since that triumph against the Twins. But let's not end this part on an unhappy note. Thomas ended up earning about $3 million. Overall, he got a £500,000 guarantee and then earned about $2.5 million in performance bonuses. So put it all together, it's one of the best bits of business Billy Bean and the rest of the front office have ever completed. The A's get their Cactus League action underway this coming Saturday on February 22nd. They start with a game on the road against the Chicago Cubs. First pitch is 12.05 Oakland time, so 8.05pm here in the UK. And we're planning to do a YouTube live stream in the build-up from about half past seven in the UK time, so about half hour before the game starts. We'll have a look at the lineups, rounding up all of the news from the week. The game is one of three that is going to be televised on NBC Sports California, so it will be available to watch live via MLB TV for subscribers. So we all know spring training can get old pretty quickly, with the game's not really counting for very much. But especially early on in spring training, it's just so exciting to see the team back out on the field. So I'm really looking forward to that. And I hope you can join us on the Saturday as part of the live stream. That's all we've got for today on the second episode of the A's UK podcast. So please subscribe to the podcast and don't forget to subscribe across the social media platforms to Oakland AUK on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. Thanks a lot for listening and we'll be back again next Monday with another podcast. Yeah, we're the Oakland